Welcome back to the Run Radio Podcast. My name is Trina, and today the artist spotlight is shining on Chris Curiano. Close enough, Carino. Carino. I said it to myself over and over this morning. I'm like, I've got it because he says it sounds like Marino, but and then I get on here and I mess it up. <laughs> That's all right. I am wearing my Susia Rosa shirt awesome. in honor of your music, and you have been a longtime fan of Run Radio, so it's great to see you doing so much more on-stage stuff, and it just looks like you're kind of hitting your stride, and life seems good right now, so tell me about what all's going on. Yeah, so um, I think hitting the stride is the key, right? Last year in August, I... I uh, resigned from my position in ministry at Glendale Christian Church and, um, you know, really wanted to focus more on music and on counseling. So I opened up a nonprofit here in Springfield and uh, that's been going really well, um, but it's afforded me some extra time in the evening. I was attending the Galloway Station open mic on Tuesday nights and then through a series of events, myself and Jim Preble, who is the lead guitar player for Susie Rosa, um, were asked to take over hosting duty. So every Tuesday night from 6.30 to 9.30, we host open mic. And so as a result of that, um, for about 14 months, I've been going and getting to just play every week. And it's a different animal when you get live than in the studio. Yeah. And a lot of my music up to that point had been me writing songs, recording, whether at my house, and then bringing it to the other studio or doing it in the other studio. And so it's really allowed me to kind of hone my performing skills and to get better at, um, you know, just playing live. And then through that connection, we've had several uh, shows there. We've even done a show at Pappy's Place. We've got one, it looks like, coming up in October 28th in Willard at the car show they're having there on Main Street. So we'd be outside on a gooseneck trailer. So uh, it's kind of the goal right now is to just really hone our skills. We've added uh, people to the band before, you know, it was kind of me and session players. And now we've got an actual stage band. This is the second or third attempt at getting something, but this one seems to be working. Um, get to play with my wife and my dad. My wife plays bass. My dad plays keys. That's exciting. And, I don't think I realized that. Yeah, awesome. So, um, my wife has been playing bass in the worship band at church for several years. So, um, when we restarted back up, I did have a different bass player from a band I was in and he was having a lot of health issues and just wasn't in a place where he could do it. And so I recruited my wife because we had a couple shows coming up. And so she, she would like to, uh, come as a spectator because she's getting her doctorate and working full time, but it's something that we get to do together. So and then my dad has graciously uh, joined the band, which is a big commitment for him because he lives down in Mountain Home, Arkansas. Wow. It's a two and a half hour drive to practice each way. And But this new album I'm really excited about, and we've also got a, our drummer, Jeff Roberts. So we've got a five piece band right now. What I'm excited about this new album is because we've got these other people, some of the song writing duties and lead singing duties were spread out a little bit, um, which was, you know, it's a step of courage, right? You've got a brand where we're on our fifth album, but uh, my dad 
wrote slash co-wrote, uh, I think, five of the songs on the album, and he sings lead on three of them. Um, Jim wrote and sings lead on one of them. So it's kind of a, there's a little bit more, obviously, variety in style and sound as a result of that. So we're looking so what, forward to seeing how that works out, you know, absolutely. in the future. Absolutely. Um, what, what do you, you were saying that, you know, it's different and it's different every night when you're on stage. What are some of the adjustments you've had to make kind of on the fly and just with performing in front of a live audience all of the time? You know, uh, I think a lot of it is, you know, there's a level of confidence required um, in your playing ability and in your voice. Um, it's weird. Live is both easier and more difficult singing wise, easier in that you can make mistakes and nobody remembers more difficult in is that you have to be able to get it right. It mostly right. The first time we're in the studio, you know, oh, okay, well I can sing that a hundred times if I need to. Um, and so there's that fine line of, um, that, you know, those two different things, you know what I mean? And, um, but it also changes the way you write a little bit. What I've noticed is the last three songs I've written, I've got 13 or 14 new songs post this last album that we're going to be working on for the next one. The next album will be called Endless Summer Nights. Um, and I've noticed like the last three in particular, the pace is a little bit different. Hmm. You're not writing ballad as much singer-songwriter ballad or moderate paced songs are a little bit more upbeat a little bit more um easier to play live right because when you get an audience in front of you they don't they, they'll they'll endure a few moments of intimacy but they really just want something that's going to get them going you know what i yeah. mean and so that's been a huge huge piece and standing up playing you know most players don't stand around their house playing Right. So when you're playing guitar, like we have to stand up, everything's in a different place. Yeah. And then, you know, like in the studio, you can layer six guitar parts. You know, when you're live with the band, at most we'll ever have is three guitars. You know, if my dad steps away from the keyboard. So it's like, how do you fill in those spaces that were being filled in by other riffs and things? Um, and just realizing that there's two approaches. You can play the song live exactly like the album, which would require a, quite a bit of attention to detail and all that. Or you can keep it dynamically like the album, but add a different flair to some of the accent instruments each time you play it. When you're you're writing those songs and thinking about the audience more, has that changed the way not just what you're writing, but has that changed your writing style? Uh, no, not really. My style is, you know, I did hip hop for, gosh, you know, I recorded my first song in 1997. I did hip hop from 97 to secular, 97 to 2004, 2005 to 2019, I did Christian hip hop. So um, lyrically, you know, a lot of that time, you know, spent honing the ability to write. And in hip hop, there's something, you know, called freestyling. So a lot of what I did, especially for my early years, was 
we would go and we just put an instrumental album on for 60 minutes and just rap continuously. Yes. Kind of free association. So the way I write a lot of times is I find a guitar progression or a piano progression I like of chords and then I'll just start singing, you know, yeah. and I'll, I'll record it and, you know, 80% of it could stick and become part of the song. There have been some songs lately where I've been a little bit more intentional. I don't think it has to do with performing live. It's just, I knew what I wanted to say. Um, you know, there's just certain circumstances where you get inspiration, like, hey, this song is an important one. Um, and so like I wrote when I, after I quit working at Glendale, um, the first single for this album was written fairly early and it's called It's Over. So that one, I. I probably spent more time cultivating the lyrics on that song than probably any other song that I've written because I want to be really deliberate with the direction of uh, the way the song flowed. You know, there's, it's kind of a call and answer song in the sense that the verse is like, what do you do when they tell you it's over? You work so hard, but it's come to an end. You made your plans thinking it was forever. Now forever is never again. Right. So that's the first verse. So the idea is, okay, well, that's kind of sad. Right. The choruses, though, are meant to be the answer. It's all right. Just look up at the sky. You'll find the world still spinning around. Life can change in the blink of an eye. And you're wondering, what are you going to do now? So there's like the, oh, you're dealing with this. You're wrestling with these thoughts. But here's what you do. Life yeah. is still, you know. And so it was, I was very deliberate. So asking what questions is kind of like what, um, how, and um, where. Those are the three questions in the verses, you know. And so they, I liked that idea. So I was more deliberate. So some songs there. And I think that, you know, the more you write, the more, you know, I was listening yesterday to um, this thing called Break Shot, the first 21 years. It's a little words and music thing that audible does for a bunch of different artists but this is the james taylor one and i was letting my mom and my dad actually listen to it on the way back from chicago and um you know you start listening to some of the way he writes lyrics you know it's much mm -hmm. more poetic and a jackson brown which two of my favorite artists and so that those are like challenging things because you know it's like they're being both concise and poetic where I'm very concise, you know, I, I'm a word guy, you know, so like, yeah, as being a therapist, being a rapper, it's like, I, even in my writing, you know, in the book I wrote, I would say it lacks some creativity in the sense of like, it's pretty straightforward. Not that it makes it a bad story, but it's not like I'm getting into a lot of broad description or things like that. So in music, you know, he'll say a song like the sun shines on this funeral, the same as all the earth. Is or the same as it shines everywhere upon this whole earth, you know, kind of idea. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's like, that's very majestic and poetic, you know. You're saying basically, yeah, it was another day like any other day, and there's people that are having good things and bad things happen, but you're saying it in a way that sounds really artistic, I guess, in my head. I, I know. I know you're also a Beatles guy. Have you seen the documentary where Paul McCartney and Rick Ross are going through the, yeah. isn't, have you made all the way yeah. through? I'm not yeah. all the way through yet, but it, I'm enjoying it a lot. And I love how 
he talks about just how they'll take a song that just started off one direction and it completely turns around or yep. they'll talk about such simple chords that they just went all through and it's just the layering that it's just magnificent and brilliant just the the incredible longevity and so many masterpieces that Paul and the Beatles have managed to oh, put yeah. together. I mean, if the, you know, the landscape of music wouldn't be what it was, obviously. No. Um, and, you know, those are the kind of things, you know, like this year as I've invested more into the music, you know, because I have my own label, so I've got a few other artists, but really working with it, with my band, but, you know, that's I spend a lot of time, you know, reading or listening to Audible, really, um, more than reading. But I do read some stuff and then watching documentary. Um, we've we've done a lot more concert going this year. I really I got to see um, Bruce Springsteen, the E Street Band, oh, which nice. was phenomenal. Got to see Jackson Brown when he came to Springfield. Went inside Sharon at Arrowhead. We're going <gasps> next weekend to see Coldplay in, in Vancouver. That's exciting. Uh, but, you know, a lot of that is like, I'm that guy that's sitting there like enjoying <laughs> it, but also like they're not doing anything I couldn't do. You know You're what I mean? Homework. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm there studying it like, okay, if I'm on a stage like that, you know, like Jackson Brown came to Juanita K. So, you know, five, 6,000 people, maybe less, you know, it's more intimate, but you love the juxtaposition because, you know, Bruce is running around like a wild man at 75. I mean, I don't understand the kind of shape he's in it was incredible uh for three straight hours right but jackson doesn't have to do that yeah you know he can stand behind a microphone play the guitar or sit behind the piano and it, it's so cool to see that there's not just one way to be compelling right mm -hmm. right um and then you know ed sheeran's kind of in the middle right because he played you know what's cool about him is you know with the exception of a few of the songs that were off his collaboration albums, he's playing everything, right? With a, a looper. Yeah. He's playing the drums, he's playing all the parts and, you know, which is a totally different thing in and of itself. So you look at like, there's so much room for variety and individualism here. And it's like, I think it all comes down to with all three artists, a good song. Yeah. I, you know, in, in songs that matter and are meaningful to people and that have something to say, um that resonate and so you know i feel like for me my strength has always been as the writer you know uh-huh gotten a lot better at playing and singing over the years and uh so then you can put more into it you know simple things like when you are not sure you're always going to be in pitch you know it's hard to emote while singing yeah. because you're focused so much on staying in pitch right but once you've got that down and you figured out your instrument your voice, you know, then you can start really like connecting with the lyric more. Um, and the same thing with playing, you know, you can do more when you're more comfortable with what you're doing. And so those guys, you know, that's the thing. It's practice, practice, practice. So um, we're out trying to gig more, practice more. But my goal is I feel like this is the season because, you know, my youngest is 10 five years from now, she'll be 15. The other ones will be pretty much out of the house. And so you're not neglecting time with them. Now I'll still be, you know, in five years, I'll be 47, you know, so I'm still going to be fairly young in terms of, you know, energy. 
So where some people did it when they were young, my goal is to kind of, you know, work into over the next five to eight years into being able to do a little bit bigger shows and broader touring and, and just push our music. You know, we're one of the few, well, not few that are probably here, but the few that I know in town that really gig solely based off our music. Um, you know, we do a three hour show and we do four or five cover songs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So where most bands in Springfield are doing cover music. Now there's a lot of singer songwriters. Yeah. But from a band standpoint, we're going to, you know, go out and do us, you know, we've got something to say, just like all the rest of the people that have come before us, you know, now those cover songs were original songs. Now that you've been doing more live shows have you been seeing people show up and know your songs now and sing along and get get into it more and and know you at a different place yeah I think so I mean I think that's been cool you know it's slow you know we understand that um you know without a lot of marketing money and a lot of big studio push you know it's kind of a grassroots organic movement but um in you know the six or seven shows over the last few months, you know, you see um, slowly you add one or two people that have been to the show before, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's nice when you see that because, yeah, I mean, they're familiar with the songs. Open mic people, I mean, that's that's one of the rewards of doing that because, you know, you're there every week and a lot of the artists are there. So one of the songs I've written for the next album is called Ugly Sweater. And um, it's like a, it, to me, it's a song about, codependency in a way but also about like re- ending this relationship and it it's it's kind of like uh the first line is something this guy says in each verse and then the other three lines are something the girl says in response to that mm-hmm. and uh, but the idea of ugly sweaters you know put us away like an ugly sweater <laughs> just remember that seasons change so put us away like an ugly sweater but that one's been really popular. And, you know, that's one like an open mic, you're like, hey, do that song. Or, you know, and like one person in particular really likes, she's like, I'm going to make you guys an ugly sweater to sell as merch. That would be yeah, awesome. But, so, you know, it's like when songs get into people's, you know, yeah. head, that's, of course, that's the, at least my dream, you know, like the two things I'd like to get out of music would be to get paid to do it for a living. And I don't even care about being famous. Um, but it'd be nice to make enough money to do that, but also to be able to be in a, in a situation like what you appreciate about these big bands is like, you don't, I didn't have to sing in a stadium of 60,000 people and every word's being sung to my song, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that means that it touched those people. They wouldn't be singing if it didn't mean something. And I think that that's the goal. Yeah. That connection with your storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm excited to see, keep, I love that you keep coming back, come back again. I know it's very important to you, your counseling and that you started this nonprofit. Do you want to share a little bit about yeah. that too? Sure. Yeah. So we've got, um, our nonprofit is called Pursuing Peace, Mental Health and Wellness. And we're on um, 219 West Commercial Street, um, Suite 104. So we're on the historic Commercial Street, um, so when I quit working at Glendale, um, I didn't know exactly what I was going to pursue. And um, I was driving home one day and um, 
I went and worked with a friend that day. We we're just doing some work on a deck that he was building. He's a contractor. And he said, um, and I was just talking to him, what do you think I should do? He's a you know, small business owner. What do you think? He's like, well, man, I mean, your bread and butter is, you know, counseling, you know. Um, and I said, yeah, that's true. Um, and as I was driving home that day, I was driving north on 65 and I was about to turn left on the bluegrass road. And it's never happened before or since, but I got this kind of just impression. I saw this vision in my head of like a, an office space. Um, and I got, I just felt like this idea, this is going to be your office, right? Which is really, you know, an odd thing, but I remember kind of putting a smile on my face and, um, because it was tough, you know, it was, a, it was a tough transition to walk away from ministry. Um, it was, and it took, I mean, I'm just now really starting to feel good again. You know what I mean? It's yeah. been a long, um, like myself, you know? And so um, I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. Like, I felt like it was God just letting me know. And so the next day I started looking at commercial property and this was the third one I saw. Um, and it was, a, it went before we had them put infill in it. It looked exactly like what I saw in my head. Oh, wow. And so, and we wanted to kind of be in a downtown East street, we wanted to be kind of hip, you know, we kind of want to destigmatize therapy, mental health, you know, like, I always tell people there's a difference between therapy and counseling and we do both, but everybody okay. needs counseling. Mm -hmm. You know, therapy, I look at therapy being like something you do when it's truly mental health related, you know, you're in an anxiety crisis or depression or, you know, anything like that, but everybody needs somebody to talk to. Everybody could use counsel or advice or um, chat can use being challenged on how they're looking at something or different ways to approach a situation. And so um, part of our goal is to be like, you don't have to be crazy to want to be in counseling. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we have a heart for the community and I've been licensed for 15 years. So I could have been the guy that went and charged $200 a session and did two or three sessions a day and made my living um, but we wanted to be able to provide a, an atmosphere where anybody could get the help they needed, regardless of what they could afford. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's why we chose to go nonprofit. And, um, you know, two of our people that we really want to um, support is the foster community, which we finally are in network with Home State Health, which is a big win for that because they have the sole contract for all foster kids. And then also um, clergy, um, you know, offering free therapy to clergy because having done full-time ministry for almost 10 years, um, you can't really get that support with in-house, um, you know, so being able to offer that so less people burn out mm -hmm. and walk away from their calling um, and just be there to help them. And having that unique experience of having done that. Um, and on the board, three of the four uh, directors, we we all worked for Children's Division for several years. So we have that unique um, aspect as well to our experience. So, um, but yeah, we've been here for, um, at this spot for almost a year. The company's been in existence for just over a year. September 2nd was our one year anniversary. Um, we've got one of the other directors is coming on, um, basically full-time is 
transitioning over, getting clients. Um, but we've just been able to really be blessed by um, the community and being able to support people. And we're always looking for more people to partner financially. It's been tough because, you know, just because you're a nonprofit doesn't mean people are donating. Right. right? So, but I'm charging prices. Like, for instance, I don't know the exact stats because they're on my Facebook that I, I did the workup, but it's something close to, you know, $35,000, $40,000 last year in free and reduced rates worth of sessions in a year. Um, you know, my reduced rate for clients that um, need it is a $50, 45-minute session, you know. Yeah. And I, I would bet based on my research and talking to people, the standard rate for that's about between $100 and $125 for a 45-minute session in Springfield. So getting it at half or less than half the price out of mm -hmm. pocket. Um, and like I said, some people, if they can't afford it, we just have, if we have the availability, we definitely seem for free. So um, there's just that long-term hope of collaborating more with um, people coming alongside churches and getting their support as a local mission agency for that side. And also um, just people in our community that believe in the value of mental health and the priority that it is in this uh, day and age when it seems like everybody's struggling with something. Um, and so, you know, our prayer and our hope is that, you know, there are people right now in three, four or five week waiting lists trying to get into places. And, um, you know, we have immediate availability for them. So good, just connect, you know, that's great. Yeah, it, you're right. It shouldn't be something for the privileged few. It's something we all need access to and should be able to, you know, ha have it within reach. So I'm glad you're doing that. I appreciate you're doing that. Tell people where they can go to connect with you, connect with your business, connect with your music. Okay. Yeah. So you can connect with the business. Just go to uh, pursuingpeaceinc.org and you can find anything you need to know there. Uh, the music, the easiest thing would be to go to our, our LinkedIn, which or our link tree, I mean, which is just link tree forward slash Susie Rosa. I mean, that'll take you to our latest release our Spotify or Apple music our Facebook and Instagram pages. Um, and so, you know, that's probably the easiest way to get hold of us. I'm sure that if you reach out, Trina, she can point you in the right direction as well. <laughs> I can so. most certainly do that. Thank you, Chris Carino, for coming back to Run Radio. And we'll look forward to seeing you again soon. You take care. Thank you so much. You too. Have Thank a you. Day. Bye.